Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language. And we're here your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Welcome, everybody, to the newest episode of the Church of Roy podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steve Dewald, Associate Editor of Blazer's Edge. I'm joined, also as always, by Brian Wilcox. Brian in a balmy 90-degree apartment in Denver right now, or at least he's claiming it's that hot. Brian, how are you doing? I'm hot, man. I was golfing all day, and I, I think I must have uh, upset my girlfriend. She's in charge of the thermostat, and it's a little, uh, it's a little uncomfortable in here. But you know, you know, I'll you probably, you probably deserve it. So I, 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 I've been there, man. I so. think she's just cheap. She's got, <laughs> she's got that section of the bill. So there you go. There yeah. you go. So you know, we're we're in the off season. I keep saying that every show we start, but. We have had a little bit kind of pop up here and there. We now know what the schedule looks like since the last time we spoke. But before we get into that, I do want to get into some world-class shade throwing from one president of basketball operations to maybe another, maybe someone out in the Pacific Northwest. So Masai Ujiri was in a, had an interview kind of post-free agency kind of wrap-up, and he had a quote that basically kind of – I don't know. I, I'm. It's easy for me to draw the line to Neil Olshay here, but let's mm-hmm. see what you think. So Kayla Gray of TSN uh, on Twitter, she's the one who I found the quote from, and it said, uh, we're not going to sit here and cry that players don't want to come here. Um, <laughs> that it's a, it's a tight quote, but it is very much runs counter to, you know, the video that kind of surfaced from four or five years ago from Neil Olshay, you know, really just – complaining about how hard it is to get people to sign in in portland and masai ujiri one of the best in the business uh you know built a title contending team took risks uh basically said you know i'm not buying that shit we're, we're gonna put our heads down we're gonna move forward so brian what do you think of that quote i think there are some similarities what old has been on the record is saying that you know as a Toronto's is probably a pretty similar market to Portland in the fact that it isn't a huge free agent destination. But to me, the big difference is the attitude about how he says it. And 
you know, I think Messiah said, you know what? So what? Like, we'll win with who we got. Like, it, it really doesn't matter. Like, we're still going to go out there and compete, do what we need to do. Uh, where O'Shea might be a little more of, well, you know, we can't go do that due to these outside variables we can't control. And so, to me, I love it. I think Messiah is <laughs> ma- the man. I mean, yeah. I go back to 2014 when he was chanting uh, – <laughs> Explicit language, fuck Brooklyn, <laughs> to, to the whole to the whole crowd. I mean, this guy is a guy that you rally behind. He's a true leader, and it shows the fact that they were able to grab a championship in Toronto. And it just really does show a stark contrast of how two guys in similar markets uh, deal with a very similar situation, how and how differently they they project, um, you know, the challenge of it. Hey guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here in the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it up, peeps. Yeah, I, I think, to be clear, benefit of the doubt pains me to do it. Uh, according to Hato Turkaloo's wife, they are not equal markets. Let's just be very clear because oh, I know a few people are saying that as they're listening to this. But yeah, I, I do think they are similar in the hierarchy of where players are willing to go. I mean, you have the international aspect of it, which some players are really into that. Some people are not. Um, you know, it's a, it's a cold climate. Uh, the other thing too is, this is kind of just echoing kind of what trader Bob, Bob Whitsett has said before in the past about the GM job. At the end of the day, it's your job to build the team. Like no one, you get paid a lot of money to do this job. It is a job that is rare. There's 30 of them in the entire world, NBA, GM, president of basketball operations, whatever they're called, decision makers. You know, people don't want to hear you, hear you complain about it especially fans in your own market. Like if you can't do the job, then don't do the job. And, and I mean, maybe there's a plan here and we have seen culture build a team that has overachieved here. Uh, I mean, the 2019, you know, Western conference finals run was definitely a, a, a part of that. And then we have mm-hmm. seen this team frugally get built into a title contender around LaMarcus Aldridge, Damian Lillard, and, I mean, your Wesley Matthews, Achilles away from maybe really making some noise in that postseason. So we, we have seen it both ways, but right now it just feels like this team is really wandering in the darkness uh, a little bit, and that's a terrible feeling. Like, every franchise goes through that, but it's a terrible feeling when you have Damian Lillard in his prime and it feels like you're doing that. And I think that's where the pressure and the frustration comes in, and that's why – you know, when Ujiri says something like this, it, it strikes a chord with fans over here. And also, mm-hmm. I, I just say, and I think other writers have touched on this, but I, I don't know if this was directed at Neil O'Shea, but I would say this is the second time we've seen two GMs run counter to what Neil O'Shea is doing out here. We saw Daryl Morey take a lot of accountability for roster construction in Philadelphia, did not blame it on the coaching staff when that team exited the postseason. And, and, it, and then, you know, this is a couple weeks after Neil O'Shea's first nightmare press conference um and that should say something you have to delineate that there's two of them now but mm-hmm. and now you have this Ujiri comment so I, I don't know I, I feel like I'm you know I, I feel like I'm really harping on the guy but I, I I hope people understand my frustration yeah and 
you know, with old Shay's comments, it almost it's almost like he forgets that his fans are in that market that he's kind of not maybe not blatantly putting down or discrediting, but you're certainly not making it out to be a destination. But it's like, hey, these are where people are from. This is where people live. We care about the city. We care about the organization. And I think the way Masai talks about it, it's much more of a rallying call and more of an us versus them. Like, you know, jump on our – where old shave just sounds like an asshole and it's easy to get, <laughs> and it's easy to get upset with it, right? But yeah, yeah. It, it's just a very different delivery where with two guys – and you, you can definitely pick nits about the markets. Toronto's much for a metropolitan city. Uh, Portland's in America, which has some pros. Um, but – as, as far as like some financial stuff, let me, let me, let me be clear here. <laughs> like, this exchange rate. And stuff. But um, they, they both have similar challenges. They're not LA. They're not Miami. Um, I, I'm, I'm being very like high level as far as comparing these two markets, just to be yeah. clear. No, but I, it, it's just much. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Just a, such a different delivery and such an impact on your fan base with how it's, mm-hmm. how it's uh, communicated. For, for sure. I think one thing you touched on that I think goes like just falls on deaf ears or or it's tone deaf when Olshay says it is when he's just like directly talking, talking shit about Portland and why people don't want to come here to a fan base that all lives here. And, and you know, yes, income tax is a thing that is players have talked about that, but for the most part, it's what Portland's constituents have voted for. They believe in what those tax dollars go for, for the most part, again, mm-hmm. being high level skimming the surface here. So, right. yep. um, I, I just, I, I do think it, it is odd and I do feel like it just plays in this whole thing where we have really, it just feels like so combative between what Neil O'Shea and what this fan base is. And, and you know, you wonder, it does it really have to be this way. Yep. And unfortunately, you know, I, we were both a little too young and the media wasn't what it was when, when trader Bob was doing everything he was doing when, when Kevin Pritchard kind of ran his course, you know, it, still the media wasn't as, is it, it wasn't what it is now. So I am interested to see, you know, is this just a cyclical thing with this fan base or is this more Neil O'Shea? So uh, I guess time will tell when we do the, you know, we look back on this t- entire era, but 
uh, enough about GM speak, uh, president of basketball operations speak. We do have a schedule in front of us. So Brian, yeah, yeah. I want to know your initial thoughts basically on just the entire process of, of looking at a schedule and trying to look at it and say, Oh, I think this is a 50 win team just by looking at the schedule or, you know, 45 win team. Do you think there's anything real that you can take from just looking at a schedule like this or, or is it kind of like a fool's errand to try to really dig too deep? I think digging too deep is a fool's errand for sure. You don't know what, what injuries are going to pop up, uh, what teams overachieve, underachieve. But I think the NBA is as much as probably any professional sports league, you can look at a schedule and, and kind of point out like, hey, those guys are coming off three time zones and five games, they're probably going to get shellacked in game five. Or, or you know what I mean? Like there's some schedule losses that you can pretty clearly point out, I think, or at least is like high risk games. Um, but to get too granular with it is probably, in, probably an error. Yeah. I mean, look, you never know when one, your team's going to get stuck in an elevator and two, you never know when a hurricane's <laughs> going to come th- or a, a tornado is going to come through. So right. You know, like I said, you can't dig too deep. But the first thing I did, because I do think there is some information you can take from this, and that is you can look to see when there's a long stretch of teams that weren't playoff teams the year before, and that's who you're facing a bunch of games in a row. And I also look at back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. And initially when I looked at this schedule, I did panic a little bit because I feel like the Blazers can fall into their old trap of starting slow and then trying to rally late. And I almost feel like the the schedule is set up that way. So just to look at it from the start of the season to Thanksgiving, they have five back-to-backs from Thanksgiving to new year's. They only have two from new year's to the all-star break. They have four. And then after the all-star break to the end of the season, they only have three. So their big chunk of that nightmare part of the schedule is early in the season. Mm-hmm. It's when you're implementing a new coach's system. It's when you're trying to do this and you're not having any downtime between games. You're not having time to reset or rethink things. And that really panics me about this team because I think there is going to be a very low margin for error to start the year. Is that – you think that's digging too deep or, or what do you think of, of the back-to-back layout for this no, team? No, I, I think that's perfectly reasonable. I don't, I don't know. When I looked at the schedule, my concern – I mean, there is um, – that there, there are like that first month, month and a half, there's some definite challenges with the back-to-backs. But um, to me, I get more worried about the back end with some of those mm-hmm. just long road trips. You know what I mean? Like you have yeah. five – a five gamer in, you know, early April, you have a, a five gamer in mid March. And so, and some of these long ones that are going to be so crucial to playoff positioning and those kind of put up my red flag a little more than maybe some of the early season stuff. And I think that with this roster turning over, you know, so many of your same core guys, granted, you are going to have a new coach. You would, you do have or a whole new coaching staff. I think that hopefully that, you know, the, continuity of having your same core group will be able to you're, you're gonna be able to weather some of those early ones mm-hmm. and back-to-backs at home I don't worry about nearly as much as back-to-backs on the road because you know those teams still have to go all the way up to Oregon you know and, mm-hmm. and they yeah. might be crossing time zones and stuff too so I the only thing I do wonder about with home back-to-backs and I don't think there's any statistical data that is out there to support this but what I always think about is 
when you're traveling on the road on back-to-backs, yes, it is cumbersome. You're doing travel, but you're very much in a routine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you're home and you're doing that home back-to-back, like you're going to your house and like you feel, I feel like it's a lot easier to fall out of like, uh, you, I think you need to be on a strict routine when you're playing back-to-backs. And I feel like when you're home, you might fall off that a little bit, or maybe you stick to your same home routines. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know, Steve. I've talked to you on the road. You've had a couple back-to-backs on the road <laughs> yeah. where you've maybe explored the city a little more than you should have. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, uh, go back to podcasts. So, uh, little brown bottle flu on that one i think you could almost argue that back-to-backs at home you are in your a better routine than you might be on the road where you're in an unfamiliar place and and uh i don't, I don't know I, I i see the point i see because i have worked on the road a lot and i know working on the road as a construction worker and and working you know being an NBA player, two very different things, but I, I don't know. I think it just all comes down to routine. And I think if you have a team that's disciplined or, and this is a veteran team now, maybe that, you know, maybe the mm-hmm. home back-to-backs aren't as that, that big of a deal. But as far as like problem areas, you kind of mentioned that March stretch, but I, I know there's a lot of road games in there, but I am licking my chops at this 10 game stretch that starts on March 21st, just to run down the list. They play the Pistons, the Spurs, the Rockets back-to-back, the Thunder, the Pelicans, the Spurs back-to-back, the Thunder, then the Pelicans again. Mm -hmm. Those are 10 teams or eight teams that were not postseason teams last year. There's a couple teams on that list that probably are going to take a step back this year. I mean, some teams are going to be better, but they're going to be playing rookies, and and who knows what the Pelicans are actually going to be this year. I think that's the time – when Portland might make up for, for lost ground if they do lose it at the start of the season. But I think unlike previous years, it's something we've talked about over and over again is I don't know if this team can afford to start slow before the trade deadline. Like mm-hmm. I, I think there's, I think you have to start fast. Now, if you do make Damian Lord happy, they hit the ground running. There's a chance where you can really rack up some wins on paper through that stretch of the schedule. I mean, barring, like we said, no injuries, you're healthy. Yeah. Um, one of these teams doesn't overachieve or pull off a big trade for a superstar that we can't see. Hey guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here in the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live audio only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it up, peeps. Yeah, and you know, and that comes after that stretch too. You get the all-star break in on, I think it's February 20th. So get a little rest there. Unless you're Damian Lillard, he'll probably drop another album and play 30 minutes and they'll start getting <laughs> guys a machine. Yep. But, you know, at least there is kind of that reset and then you kind of have your stretch run. So I kind of agree with you that even though there are a lot of road games, there, there are some opportunities there. The stretch that makes me nervous is starting at Denver on one thirteen, and then you have Denver at Denver, at Washington, at Orlando, at Miami, at Boston, at Toronto, finishing up January 23rd. And those are, you know, out of the six teams, four are almost sure, surely going to be playoff teams. And that's far enough. A, that's a month. So that, that stretch will end a month ahead of the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And so I think that stretch of games could be a huge inflection point for this team. If it goes well, maybe they, you know, kind of keep 
keep the gang together and plow forward, or it could be a huge catalyst for, um, you know, making a change with, with only a month, month to go until the all-star break, but you assume the trade deadlines, you know, a week, week ahead of that or something. Yeah. I, I think you raise a good point there as far as like that, that's could be the, that could be the deciding decision point if it's close, because I think after that stretch of games, depending on how you perform and the relative health of all those other teams, and mm -hmm. we have to assume that they're playing all their players. Um, you might know if this team is a, a, a like a tr kind of trending toward a contending roster or it's clearly not. And if it's clearly not, you know, you're, you're heading towards that time where we've kind of heard not just from Henry Abbott, but from some other places that that could be the time when Damian Lillard really kind of rethinks his position in Portland again, similar to what we saw a few weeks ago, allegedly, um, that he could kind of really think about what he wants to do and what the landscape is. And does he want to pull the trigger on a trade? And if Portland's, you know, limping into the, to the all-star break, you know, that, that could have serious implications. Um, as far as the tough stretch, my tough stretch that I'm a little, I, I think is a little earlier in the season. And I think just because it is going to be a new coach and how you're looking at things starts on November 14th, starts with the Clippers, then the Suns, then the Rockets, which is an, an easier game on paper, and then wraps up with the Nuggets. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's I, I think that's a perfect barometer of where Portland's going to stand. Are they, you know, how like the Clippers are probably going to be without Kawhi Leonard at that point. So who knows that that should be a team you beat on paper. I mean, we saw them run into problems with a team like Denver this last year. So I, again, yep. this is regular season, not the postseason. The Suns. I mean, that's until they are dethroned, they are the class of the Western Conference. Um, they're basically bringing back the same team. You have some young guys that are, are developing, and, you know, Chris Paul is aging, but you have guys on the roster that are willing to step up. So that's going to be an interesting test. Then you get, you know, a classic trap game against the Rockets between those, those mm -hmm. teams right before you go to Denver. And, and I think, just for me, I think we, we are firmly in, like, a really nice – sports rivalry with Denver and, and those games are ones that I'm watching throughout the calendar um, I think that early season one going back down to Denver is, is going to be huge especially after you know Lillard has you know a bonkers game you know and it's going to be mm -hmm. really interesting to see you know what his return is like so yeah I'm glad you brought that stretch up I had it circled as kind of the stretch I'm most looking forward to during the yeah. season. I think maybe a little part of that is it wraps in Denver and I'll be there in my <laughs> yeah. blazer shit going bananas. Yeah. But like I think that little stretch will tell you a lot about what this team is, at least in the first quarter, you know, twenty percent of the season. Um if they come out of that four game stretch and go three and one or something like that, I think you feel pretty good about this team and mm -hmm. and, and where they're going. And it, conversely if it goes poorly um, that early in the year, then it, it might start raising some red flags. So I, I, I do think that's a pretty critical run. And then the last part I kind of looked at, and, it, and I think it's just from having basically a decade of Terry Stotts here, is Portland was really good most of the time on catching teams before the All-Star break where pe people are already thinking about their week off. You know, role players get – basically the whole time off unless they're competing in like the three-point competition or the dunk competition. So, you know, you can catch a team slipping around that time. 
Blazers do not really have a great schedule the week before the All-Star break. They have Lakers at home, Knicks at home, which those are two tough teams. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Lakers, I mean, might be the favorite in the West, depending on who you ask. The Knicks are a good defensive team. They've added some scoring. We'll see what they're like this year. Then it wraps up with the Bucks away and the Grizzlies away. And those are two teams that give the Blazers fits. I mean, yes, the Blazers, you know, bounced back a little bit right at the end against the Grizzlies, but, you know, they had a couple of real bad losses there at the end of the season. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't – I mean, if you can catch a team slipping there, kudos to Chauncey Billups and the coaching staff and those players are being dialed in because that's certainly not an easy schedule, at least on paper right now. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. And, you know, looking at that early part of the year with eight of the first 14 on the road, but then you have 21 of the next 27 at home. I don't think this could be set up much better for, you know, to win some games and maybe kind of right the ship, make your star guard feel a little more comfortable with the direction of the organization. So, you know, just to kind of go back to a high level look or, or at the schedule, um, there's some long road trips, maybe some pretty tough ones, but with such a, front-loaded home schedule they should be able to reel off some reel off some wins and put themselves in a pretty good spot at at worst it should balance you know getting used to a new coach getting used to some Mm -hmm. new schemes and all that so even before the schedule i think the most important thing here is and we'll dig into it a lot when it arrives but i think this might be the obviously the most crucial training camp probably in in outside of dame's rookie year I, I would say. I mean, this is this is going to be huge just from, one, how the organization and how Dame and what he's saying when he's at headquarters, but also how fast these guys are picking up the changes Billups wants to make. And not only is it Chauncey Billups in the room, but this is a wholesale change in all the assistant coaches. And there is some familiarity with some of these guys, but really it's going to be a clean slate. And mm-hmm. – it's going to be interesting to see how fast they pick that up. And also some of these longtime Blazers, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, how their ear picks up Chauncey Billups compared to, you know, having Terry Stotts and his staff there, because it is going to be a, a pretty dramatic shift, I would assume. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see when we'll be able to see the results of that. You know, are we going to know if that new coaching staff is really making an impact until the regular season starts? I don't know. Hopefully, you know, you get some reports out of training camp that are glowing. I'm assuming with this team, you'd probably hear that either way. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if we'll be able to really know until the season starts, but I, I completely agree with you on the fact that this training cap, camp is absolutely crucial. Mm-hmm. So it's early, and I, we're going to revisit this topic, but so after the schedule came out, they did update, you know, when – expected wins for each one of these teams and title odds. So the Blazers title odds really don't shift. Obviously they're plus 6,600 for the, the title. That's basically what you'd look at for a, a non home team in the playoffs and one of the conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as they're over under via the action network, where do you think their win total is Brian? 45. Whoo. Did you cheat? <laughs> so I might have cheated. <laughs> oh, hey, you... hey, I, I, might, I love to gamble, man. Of course, <laughs> All right. I, might, I might have peaked at it. It's 44 and a half, isn't it? It's, it is 44 and a half, you big old that was cheater. Like, that, was, that, was, <laughs> that, was, that was absolutely off 
I was off the top of my head, though. I did not. I did not have to pull it up. I just kind of glanced at it earlier, looked at it, and said, I, "Well, of course, I'm taking the over." I need to know who, how you know. I have degenerate friends, so I need to know this before I ask questions like that. Yeah, you should have known better. You should have better. <laughs> Harry's so, a little more upstanding human than yeah, I am. Yeah, much better citizen than we are. Yeah. Um, in the West, that puts the Blazers at eight. So, according to Action Network, just by win totals, it goes the Jazz, the Lakers the Suns, the Mavs, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Kawhi-less Clippers, and then the Blazers. Mm. Do you feel like that's a little too low or a little too high? Mm. I think it might be about right, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the Clippers, if, if there's an argument for the Blazers moving up, I think it's the Clippers. And I'm not super high on the Mavericks this year. Um, I think that Luke is going to continue to improve. This might be the big NBA or MVP year that everyone kind of thought was coming last year, but they didn't do a ton of that team to really bolster the roster. So those are, and I, I wonder about the nuggets too, without, without Murray for a lot of the year, but I, I, I don't think it's too far off. Where are you, where are you at with that? projection? I think we agree on the teams that I think, I think there's teams that can move upwards and I think there's teams that can move downwards. As far as where the Blazers are, I think there is a firm line there. I want to see a little, I, I think the Grizzlies are kind of the only team lurking back there that maybe could, could sneak around them. I, I don't believe in what the Kings are doing. I, I think the Pelicans have a lot to figure out and a lot of soul searching as an organization on how they move forward with Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as the Clippers go, I don't know. I, I guess Paul George is capable of carrying a team in the regular season and, and putting up wins on his own, basically. And they do have some talent. They have talent around him, and they have a good coaching staff. Um, the Nuggets is interesting for me, too, because I do feel like you do have the Jamal Murray situation. But also, it's kind of the inverse uh, of the Luka Doncic MVP season. Now you have Jokic coming off an MVP year. Are we going to see – them be a little bit more strategic with how they play him or what the expectation or what his workload is going to look like, because now it might just be, you know, he's got the individual award. Maybe we just try to get him in a position where he is at his, you know, clear cut hundred percent best when we get to the postseason. So I do think they're a team that could maybe take a step back in the regular season. Um, the long winded answer though, is I do think the Blazers are about right where, where they sit right now. I do think, if they pick up Billups' scheme quick and this team starts fast, I think they could move up a couple spots. Mm-hmm. And I think they could be right there where, you know, you're looking at that 10-game stretch that I mentioned in March where that could be the decider of, is this team going to push for home court advantage? Because this team sh- – like, if, if they pick up the system, this team should start fast because your starters should be fresh. The starters have played together – if that group is together and you're not leaning on your bench too much early, I, I think this team could make some noise early in the season. But well, and as the organization will tell you that that uh, <laughs> offensive rating of that starting lineup was so incredible, Steve. That you know, yeah. was... well, you know, we're gonna. I, I heard they're also gonna try to limit three point shots and and change <laughs> shit up. So we'll see. Anyway, I, I think we both agree here. Blazers are clearly you expect them to make the postseason this year. I do. I think it'd be, I mean, when you have Damian Lillard in your prime, um, not making the postseason be a catastrophic failure, no matter what way you 
you cut it, and I think he's made it the last seven years. So my money's on Dame to carry carry the team to the playoffs. That might be a little rich, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know we've talked about it too. I think that Nurk is in for a little bounce back year. Mm-hmm. I personally think CJ is going to have a nice year with a little time to work on his body and kind of get that right. So I like Portland. I, I I'd take the over and I will take the over on the wins just because yeah. I'm a homer. Oh, but yeah. I think they can get there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe I also, I'll also be taking the over and I do feel that they will be a playoff team, especially with the play in sticking around, even if they aren't sticking to that eight spot and they do run into, let's say God forbid some injury trouble or something. Yeah. I trust this team in that type of setting to advance. Um, the, the big thing is just making sure that th- this team's competitive at the trade deadline and make Damian Lillard happy, you know, kind of quiet some of that trade talk would, would be ideal. Um, that's all we got for you guys this week. Kind of a short pod. Um, we're definitely in the off season. We are trying to line up some guests. I know I keep saying that, but um, everybody's enjoying their summer. And I hope everybody else who listens to the show is also doing that kind of enjoy these last few weeks, get out on the golf course like Brian was. So anyway, Steve, I, got, I got a take for you. Oh, great. Here we go. <laughs> Do you agree or disagree? Summer's overrated. <sighs> okay. Throw it out there. As as a overweight individual, I have trended more towards summer is overrated as I've gotten older. Like I might single-handedly be keeping gold bond in business. So <laughs> I I I am definitely more of a fall person myself. I and I don't know. I kind of like it when allergies kind of go away, especially with COVID because I'm the type of person who wakes up with like a sniffly nose from mm-hmm. just normal allergies and freaks out for about 10 minutes until my wife tells me not to. So yeah, I, I think I'm a fall guy. And also it's, I kind of always have been, it's when my birthday is and I think it's just now it's when my daughter's birthday is. So now it's kind of exciting. So, so don't get me wrong. I think summer's the second best season, <laughs> but I think we've been conditioned since we were children to think that summer is hands down best season. I think that's because we got the summers off as children. As an adult, give me fall all day. Basketball, yep, yep. NHL's back. You know, we got all it's it's not hot and smoky. No, okay. I'm, I'm I'm a fall guy myself. I mean, granted, when we were kids, I don't remember it being this smoky. But yeah, and true. but I I think do we agree that spring might be the most trash? I think I think spring yeah. is the trash, the trash season. I'm with it. Yeah. Allergies are terrible. Uh, Allergies come back. You, you don't know what it's trying to do out there. So I'm going fall, summer, winter, spring. I think that's, I think that's me too. We yep. got to find more to disagree on for the next nope. pod. Yep. We got to get Perry in here. Yep. <laughs> all right, everybody. That's all we got today. Thank you for listening. Seriously. We appreciate it so much. Um, all right, the support has been awesome. So we, we honestly do appreciate that. Um, Brian, you got anything before we go? No. Thanks, man. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod, and be sure to check out our live show on Spotify Greenroom every Saturday, bright and early at 8 a.m. Pacific.